everyone. Welcome to episode 288 of This Is Whole Life. It is December somehow. I don't know how we got to that point so quickly, but we are here and it's really good. I'm sitting here and I'm looking to my left and I see Jeff. I look across the table through the microphones. I see Ken and it's always good to be in the same room together. There's always a small little component that's missing when you don't get to see the smile or the did he really just ask that question from across the table? That kind of, you know, you got to gauge a, because otherwise it's silence. And then I have to wait and go, are they going to answer? Or did I really make a math this time that I asked this question? Um, but since we're talking about Christmas and the Christmas story this week, I just wanted to do a real quick. Anyone have, um, are you a pro? Are you an okay? Or are you a meh about Christmas? Ken? Oh, you're going to start with me? Jeff? <laughs> if Ken doesn't want to answer, okay, Ken, Ken is saving his as a, no, a I'm secret. A, I'm a pro. I'm a pro. I really, a pro? Yeah, you yeah. know, I I grew up with a mom who was my you know my dad was typical dads, but my mom kind of said, "Hey, you know what? This is a special time," and I think it still is for me. I think nice. I think I lost the joy of Christmas when I worked retail. <laughs> That'll do it to you, won't it? And it only takes so many yeah. times of somebody screaming at you since uh, that you did not make their child's Christmas good because <laughs> well, you personally did not right. provide the toy that they had to have to make Christmas good. Well, I'm sorry, Ken. Think sorry. of all those retailers this year with the shortages and the supply chain issues. It's probably going to be real, like jingle all the way. Oh, you – I mean yeah. – have you worked in retail at Christmas? Uh, no, I can't say that I have. My, yeah, wife, yeah. my wife did recently. She it's was a special like, kind of purgatory. She worked at Kohl's Seasonal. Yeah. And they were just, you know, they promised everyone, you're going to get hired long term. Mm-hmm. And they actually did want her to work long term. But, you know, once Mariah Carey starts singing All I Want for Christmas 88 times in a two-hour shift, it really kind of takes the – I worked at the Disney store and they played – there was Ooh. the same loop of Disney songs for, <laughs> you know, your entire shift. You could – And then you know what and, they are, right? And it's the happiest place on earth, so you better be smiling yeah, the whole time too, which I loved working there. So, hey, Disney, I loved it. But I'm just telling you, um, great people to work with. The uh, I wish the people that came in were as nice as the people, the people I worked, worked with. Yeah, yeah nice. The cast members that were there. So favorite gift or favorite Christmas memory real quick. Favorite gift or favorite Christmas memory? I think my favorite uh, – one of my favorite Christmas memories, and which is going to seem really weird, was driving across the United States with my family. On Christmas or near Christmas? For yeah, Christmas? It, was, it, was, it was around Christmas time. We, we drove nice. from Tennessee to California to be with Rochelle's family in California and then drove back. Nice. And it was, it was really – just some special memories with my kids, just seeing different sights along the way and coming back. And then probably growing up, one of my favorite Christmas was actually coming down here to Orlando with my family. We went to Disney. I, don't, I think we were even there. I think we were there on Christmas Day on the 15th anniversary <laughs> of uh, the 15th anniversary year of, of Disney World being open. And, and then we went down to the Keys and did some snorkeling. So I think most of my favorite Christmas memories kind of center around the people I've been with. Well, that's been a while then because, you know, Disney's doing their big 50 this year. Is that right? Yep. It's 50 years. So let's see. Does the math work out on that then? So (laughs) maybe it was 25. Maybe that's what I meant. I know the math because it opened on – I'm as old as Disney World. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, there you go. 71. Yeah. There you go. Oh, okay. Jeff, favorite uh, Christmas gift memory? Both? Oh, my favorite, probably by far, favorite Christmas gift was a guitar. I, you know, I had mm. been wanting a guitar. 
but my parents are both gone now. They, my mom died a couple about yeah two years ago, and so I've never shared this story. But it's it's a it's kind of a bittersweet story. It's just I was in the basement looking around, and I stumbled across my Christmas present that she had hidden in the basement. Stumbled and, across. Yeah, is that, was that what we called it yeah. back then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, and I had I had. I saw it. I saw it. I saw what I was getting for Christmas. And uh, my mom came up afterwards while we were eating. She she said, did you not did you not like the present? Because I thought this was something you really yeah. – and um, it, it's <laughs> – I had so much guilt. But I've never told her. I never told her. It's hard to recreate so that joy, isn't it? With this wow. Surprise. We're so happy to be with you when you finally <laughs> confess. I know, right? We're here for you. Yeah. Well – I think one of my favorite Christmas memories is we used to go to my grandma Virginia's, the Schneider side of the family, and the whole family, cousins, aunts, uncles, and we would all converge on a house that was too small for everyone with a grandmother that was too irritable to have that many people for multiple days on end. But yet every year it was a highlight. Got to see my cousins that lived in Hinsdale near Chicago. And so, you know, we used to play dirty sock tag with my cousin's rotten socks. Then they would, you know, basically it was tackle whoever could and stuff the stuff the sock in your mouth. That's a, that's a really good, <laughs> really, really good memory. Those are that, some good Christmas memories right there. Oh, it's like and one of my favorite Christmas. Whole new idea of having the stockings out at Christmas. <laughs> at Christmas, right? right? And I think my favorite one is I got the evil Knievel. On the motorcycle, he had like a, a metal rear tire because it made it, you know, it would make him do wheelies and it was flat oh, yeah. so he could ride wheelies. And you put the little zipper thing in there and you'd pull it and then he would take off and ride wheelies, go over jumps, all those things. Sure. Yeah. And in my grandma's basement, and she had this long basement, so we pulled up the carpet that were just little spots on the floor and it would go the whole length. And that was, we played with Evil Knievel until it was time <laughs> to go home. So that was probably my, probably my favorite. Anyway. I thought it would be a little bit fun as we go through Christmas to maybe share some memories. And we'd love to hear your favorite Christmas present or story. Send it in. All right. The verse we worked from this week was one that everybody who knows the Christmas story was in Luke 2, 8 through 11. And the shepherds in the, in the field and, you know, don't be afraid and all of these things. And you said the opposite of fear would be peace. But one level beyond peace is joy because encompassing peace – because it encompasses peace and includes happiness in it. So the opposite of fear would be joy. And that seems like joy can be so – oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hard to find. It can be hard to – It's elusive. Elusive. It can be – mm. and like you feel – yeah, some days I feel good. Some days I feel happy. But I don't know how many days I feel joy. Well, I like what, what Ken did say about it though. He says it's a gift. I think that's actually quite – quite clear it it is it is not something that we find ourselves in or a situational i think it is a, a situation where we have to see it as it's something that we can't manufacture i think it's something that is internal that's is hmm. gift is a gift i really do i think i like that yeah i think what you're referring to is happiness randy i think when you say it's elusive or it can be hard to find i think that's happiness i think joy is from a Christian standpoint, now if you're if you're going to go ahead and take a secular viewpoint of joy yeah, and I happiness, suppose, yeah. then then it might be different. But from a Christian's viewpoint, based on what the Bible has to say about joy, what you're describing being elusive is is happiness. And happiness is this kind of feeling inside of you that that makes you know that feels everything you know your world is good. 
joy is the peace and knowledge of Christ in the midst of chaos that you're going to be okay. But I feel that when I'm not happy at all <laughs> or when I'm feeling like my world is falling apart mm-hmm. yeah. that I know yeah. and I have that at least that base knowing that no matter what happens, it's okay. But I wouldn't say at that point that I feel joy. But maybe you are feeling joy and you just haven't known what to label it. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> oh, come on, Ken. That's a tough one to swallow. But that, I, think you're, I think you're right and I understand what you're saying. But, I think, a... but I think that's the part where so many people maybe miss that part of it because we're confusing. Joy doesn't mean that everything is right with the world or right with my world, right? My wife would say that none of us should be able to talk about this, but she. <laughs> uh oh. Then you might want to be careful. Okay, yeah. <laughs> she we're, said, we're not even 10 minutes in. Giving here. birth, giving birth, <laughs> even though it's in the midst of pain, there's joy <laughs> in knowing. And here I am talking about it. Hunt, sorry, sorry. I have nothing to say about this, yeah. Tammy. Nothing. I don't either. This is, this is just Jeff, Jeff did not prep us on this at all. He just, dumped, he just backed up and, and, and opened up the gate. <laughs> well. But I, you know what, though? I mean, you can think I can't speak to childbirth, Jeff. Um, I, can't but, uh, but, I can't either. But I can speak to um, having a kidney stone. Which, and uh, which I can speak close, to, and I, which I can speak to, saying that when I went in to have surgery to have it removed, oh yeah, I felt joy knowing that it was about to even come though out. the pain was still even there. though the pain was still there, there was joy knowing that. Well, I, I'll tell you what, there was relief too, knowing when I finally knew what it was because I thought I thought there was an alien eating out the inside <laughs> of me. I thought I was gone. I Just I really thought I was dying when I I the first first and only time. Please keep it that that's way, that, Lord. That's that way, but you know, the first and only time I have added a kidney stone, it was I really thought I thought it was death. And when I finally found out what it was, there was relief. And when I found out that there was surgery that would take it out, there was even there more was, relief. There was even more relief Oof. in spite of the pain. And I think that I think that life is often incredibly painful. I think there's a lot of very very painful things that happen, and for that reason, happiness can be very elusive. It can be very uh, hard to find this sense of happiness, this feeling of happiness. But what the Bible is saying is that that Jesus wants to give us joy, which may not feel the same as happiness, but it's a sense of peace and well-being, okay. um, knowing that God is in control that and that, that we sense. can trust him. And that's pretty close to priceless. That's absolutely priceless. And I, I don't know why— that all three of us have mentioned that these painful, excruciatingly painful things that we go through is how we're going to put this together and how we're going to make sense of it. And I never would have done that before. But after just having COVID and going, yeah, I feel pretty rotten for a couple of days, but I didn't, I didn't feel bad because I compared it to I had pneumonia for nine weeks and it just like couldn't shake it. And the, the doctor was like, there's nothing wrong with you. He's like, everything is good. Your cholesterol, your your heart rate, you know, you don't have high blood pressure, any of these things. And he's like, you should be kicking this. And I don't understand why not. And when you're sitting up in bed, you know, with a hundred pillows and all you can hear is yourself drowning in your own fluid in your lungs. Like mm. you said, it's the worst I've ever felt. And I really did. I mean, I downplayed it at the time because I didn't want to worry my wife as much as she was already worried because I'm sure I looked like I felt. <laughs> but you're right. I felt like there's no way I'm, I'm for sure going to die. Well, life insurance policies paid. I did go and check. <laughs> and number two, Next thing I am, I'm waking up to see Jesus. So, yeah. you know, and that sounds 
kind of crazy, but at the same time, that where you find the joy, I think that helps. So maybe, you know, if you're listening out there and you're thinking to yourself, I'm not so sure about this. Here's the other thing I think that we need to be really clear about. Feeling joy doesn't mean that you walk around with this fake smile plastered all over your (laughs) face that, you know, that you see from the from people, you know, you'll see people that 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 are saying, oh, I'm a Christian, so I have to be joyful mm, all the mm, time. Yeah. And again, they're mistaking the difference between joy and happiness. happiness. And so I think it actually is rather disingenuous in the midst of a painful situation to be walking around smiling. It's, it's it, I mean, it's like going to a funeral and when when everybody else is weeping, you're like laughing. It's yeah. it's inappropriate. And so, I mean, there's a time and a place for everything, right? But yep. I think that when it comes to when we're going through painful situations, we don't have to put on it, plaster on some sort of fake smile and pretend like we're all good, but we can still say we have joy. We can still say that, yeah. And without like without having to, to fake it, um, this, this fake thing that, that people smell through and they know isn't real. Well, in kind of speaking to that, someone may have heard you this past week say something to the effect of the good news is for everyone. And you listed a long list of no matter who, but basically no matter who you are, where you are, what you're going through, maybe what your fear of to God of not being good enough or things you know you need to change or you're not good enough to go to church. So many people believe that in so many different stages of their life and so many people have something that's happened to them in the past from a Christian or a, or a church that makes them believe that that's true. And yet, Ken, pretty – you were pretty sure – that that's not true. Why why do you believe that that's not true? Because there's a lot of all. I, I'm looking at this from someone who used to believe that all those things. I would have said you're so full of it. That's not true. But I know Ken, and I I trust Ken. I believe Ken when he says it. So um, this is like old. This is old Randy, like shouting from the back row because I know there's people that are friends of mine now that are going. I still don't believe that that's true because I've seen at worst or at minimum, I've seen what Randy went through in certain situations. So I know how that works out, even if it hasn't happened to me. So repeat again what's not true. What about that we're all good enough somehow? Because many of us feel like or many of us are in that position where we will openly admit that we don't feel good enough or that someone, even just for ourselves, we don't feel good enough because we know who we are. Can I feel good enough for the good news? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like we we, because you said that the good news is for everyone. And it's hard to believe that if you don't yourself feel it. And then if you add on to the top of that, what you feel there are hurdles in front of you, such as church or even maybe Old Testament God. (laughs) You know, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna squash you with my thumb, kind of viewpoint that we've gotten. But why do you believe in your heart that that's true? That no matter what, that is true. That the good news is for everyone. I'm gonna defer over here to Jeff because I could tell he wanted to say something. Yeah. And then and then I'll and then I'll chime in. <laughs> no, he you. actually did. he started to say something. Yeah. Right? Well, it's interesting because of this. It, it actually brings up an interesting thing that happened in a class that I was in a couple of uh, two weeks ago. Um, they're speaking about the 144,000, which in – for those of you that are Adventists, that's a number that I'm sure you all understand quite quite well. There's this idea that 144,000 – and there's an idea that permeates uh, around a lot of Christian circles that that's the 
that's the number of people who are actually saved, be who saved are get, yeah. getting it, at least the, the ones that are alive. You think about that from a person who comes into church and then hears that truth, so to speak, as if that is – and so now the person saying it is talking about it being – 144,000. Yeah. And then you say this gospel is for everyone. It's a pretty easy thing to think that, oh, but not me, obviously. Sure. There is a fear. I mean, we do. We try to create fear that this number, that God's love, God's good news, the aspect of salvation is limited. To, and the rules, right? There's yeah. just so many rules. How could it? How could I be good enough? Yeah. And so we get caught up on behaviors that these people are doing the right things. Obviously, I'm not. <laughs> and so that's not going to be for me. And so, the, you know, for anybody that understands this piece is you basically say, OK, that's, that's not for me. Obviously, I'm just not going to live that. And I think that's the big problem is that we tend to be not only exclusive, but we tend to be um, sort of scarcity minded when it comes to God's grace and acceptance. Yeah, very much so. I think that we really do operate out of this scarcity mentality that's that's very human to that we as human beings we almost thrive on scarcity when we can say there's not very much and I have some of it. Yeah. It makes me more and, important. Yeah, it makes exactly. me that we makes me wow, you've you've got you've got a lot of money. Money's scarce. So you have a lot of it. Good for you. You've done something right. Yeah. You've and and it's sad that as human beings, I think we still we still operate <laughs> on that principle when it comes to the grace of God that it's, yeah, it's oh it's scarce. No, it's not. And I think that you asked me how I could say that. Yeah. And, and I, I just tell you that I didn't say that. In fact, in my sermon, I didn't say that. I was quoting. Okay. I was quoting Luke chapter two. Um, verse 10, uh, the, the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news, that's the gospel, mm-hmm. good news, because that's the same word in the Greek that's used for gospel, the gospel, it's the good news. It's the good news, okay. So I'm bringing you the gospel that will bring great joy to all people. Right. All people. So that's that's not, that's not Ken going and saying something, that's the Bible speaking. It's the good news is for all people, and it will give joy to all people. And so I think what people choose to do with that good news, just because the Bible says it brings good news to all people, doesn't mean that all people are going to choose to accept Accept. that good news, but it gives joy to all those who will and who want to. And And I think that's the thing that we... We need to just really understand that the good news is for everyone, and and, and where they're at, uh, there's this 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 kind of sick, twisted notion that people somehow need to pull themselves out of where out of out of their alcoholism, out of whatever before the good news is for it's them. For them, yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole point of the good news is God is for you. You're welcome. Here, yeah, you're here, it, here it is. It's a like gift. That. It's it's there for you. It's it's not it's not contingent on you you receiving it until you do X Y and Z. It's it's here for you, 
And your job is to accept it and then allow it to transform you. And that's a a fundamental difference between different Christianity schools of thought. There are those who feel that they need to transform themselves, right? and then the gospel is for them. And then there's those of us who believe the gospel is for you, and it will transform you. Because you made it clear that if, even if you felt like it wasn't for you, it, that wasn't the case at Whole Life Church, that everybody's welcome. Yeah. And we're ready for you no matter where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say and that's, is— And that can be uncomfortable, can it? Because what that means is— is that if the gospel is for everyone, it means you're going to sit next to somebody in church that isn't living in a way that you think is right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and, and maybe, can, dare we say, in a way that God has said isn't right. You, you yep. may sit by some people like that. I mean, I if, if, you, like... if you sit next to me, I guarantee <laughs> sitting, it. I said, if you're sitting next to me, same thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're if you're sitting next to me, I guarantee you're sitting next to somebody like that. And the, yep. and, and the big problem, the big problem is, is that there are those who are willing to admit their need for God's grace and those who think that, that they're pretty great already and that, and, and that they, they like to go ahead and say, well, th- you know, this sin is so bad. And, it, it, and basically any visual sin is bad. Anything I can hide— it's is okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, or it's not as bad, right? Because, yeah. and, and what we do is we, we kind of encourage this, this lifestyle of hiding our faults and never actually dealing with them, mm. never actually grappling with them. And we also create a lifestyle where we think that because God has called me to this, that that means he's automatically called you to that, um, which is, which, I mean, we God did not call everybody to be uh, a podcaster, sure. and God didn't call everybody. And so it's kind of interesting that we somehow then try to cram everybody into the same <laughs> yeah. behavioral box, thinking that God transforms everybody in exactly the same order, the same way every time. And that's just not what we see biblically. Yeah. We see a lot of very, very flawed people. And and that's what you just look through the Bible is just this one long list of really messed up people that the gospel is for. Yep. And you're right though when you look at it that way and you see that list and you go goodness gracious even people like David and and great people of the Bible Moses had his issues with following God's directions and and Abraham how many times he lied when I mean, we've talked about these stories and if if you're a Christian or have any degree of being involved with Christianity you kind of know these stories. But you look at yourself and you think, man, the world's a much worse place than it used to be. So like the sins now must be even worse than they were then, which I don't personally prescribe to. But because I'm just like, you know, most of the sins you can think of, I've done them. I've probably done most of them very well and very often over the course of my life, unfortunately. But yet at the same time, you know, it's trying to find a way for someone who feels already just feels that part of it, like I'm not good enough, but then to somehow have been damaged or hurt. And that's really where my feeling always comes across of who I want to tell the good news to. I, you know, like I know this part stinks and I know that maybe where you are, there's not a church like Whole Life Church that's just going to welcome you and say, oh, I saw you stomp your cigarette out on the way in. You know, and well, but welcome anyway. And I, I hate it when people find roadblocks to Jesus that we put in place as Christians. And Randy, if you that's don't mind, part. yeah, if you don't mind, I want to back up just a little bit. Not welcome anyway. Welcome, welcome, right? And, and yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to play games You're with not, you, but it's really important to me that that's that's said. 
It's right. because we make people feel that, feel that welcome way. anyway. <laughs> it, it, but no, welcome. Welcome. You are welcome here, and God is working in your life just like he's working in mm-hmm. my life yep. if you've given him control. You know, let's go ahead and use the disciples as an example. When did Jesus call, call them to come follow him? Was it when they'd finally understood his mission, when they'd, they finally got it, when they, <laughs> when they were flawless, when they didn't make any more mistakes? No. He'd still be He waiting. called them. He included them. He gave them something to do. He gave these really messed up people some some huge things to do. He, he sent them out as missionaries. This is Peter who's going to deny him. This is Judas who's really going who's going to betray him. He sends all these people out as missionaries. He uses them, and the, and he calls them on multiple occasions faithless. <laughs> um, and when yeah. oh when is this generation you know, going to get it? And he but that's my that's the part that really sometimes frustrates me about membership in church. At what point do you belong? Well, if you're looking at Jesus. You belong when you're called and you accept the call. And there is no evidence that Jesus did a lot of preparation with those disciples before he called them. There's some who think there might have been, but there's no evidence in the Bible. There's just a call, and then they become a part of the story. And, And so I think that's incredibly important for people to understand. It's why we do things the way that we do them at Whole Life, because we believe that belonging comes before transformed character necessarily and that that because a transformed character is a lifelong process and it's a big mistake to think that once you've been baptized or accepted into membership you have arrived Thank you for the correction because I wouldn't want that to be what somebody thought either because I hope everyone noticed about 10 minutes ago Ken said God is for you you're welcome as in period, full stop, however your – whatever your lingo is, that's the end. And I truly believe that as well, that if we're not able to welcome you as you are, as Jesus did, then we're doing it wrong. So yeah, Coming back to the whole idea of joy though in this regard, this hiding piece that we kind of, kind of passed over really quickly, the hiding is the part that is where the joy does get missed mm. because if we're hiding – and we're keeping things down on the down. You know, behaviors are hard to hide sometimes, but you know there are some things that we do hide. Sure, and that's where joy sometimes. You know, we say, "Hey, you know, I don't have, I don't have a life of joy." Find someone, and it doesn't. You don't have to like shout it from the rooftops, but there may be somebody in the community that you trust. Find someone. And start saying, you know, this is a part that uh, that I really would like to get out, and Absolutely. and I trust you. So, if you want joy. If you That's want the hiding piece. Real quickly, I wanted to touch on something as we begin to wrap up. You said joy is found in Jesus, and you you went back to that same verse in Luke 2, 8 through 11, where it said, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you the good news that will bring great joy to all people. And verse 11, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. And you broke down those three things, and I thought that was super cool. That I'd never thought about him that way, but the Savior means he's the one that delivers us. We are saved and we can look to that. And the Messiah, who was the anointed one, referencing when the Old Testament high priest used to be the anointed one on behalf of the people, petitioning for God. And Jesus obviously took that over when the veil was ripped and he's become our our high priest. And now he's for us, period, as to God as our representative. And then Lord, 
And I thought this was really good. The master, a real piece. You said a real piece and knowing someone else and my version, the greatest being of the universe is in charge and Lord of our lives if we let him. That's pretty cool to get out of that verse when so many times we're reading the story and we're thinking about, well, we know what comes next. So we're kind of we're kind of reading ahead with a little bit of pause in there. And I thought that was really, really cool. If you've never thought about it that way, just stop and give that about 15 minutes to ruminate in your mind a little bit as you think about the Christmas story. And that was really, really impactful in the moment. And since this week, this was probably the thing that's just been sitting in my mind over and over again, which I've really enjoyed as we start rolling into Christmas. And then the one thing, and this is more of just a takeaway, you said, you mentioned that the calling of Jesus may not always be what we want or what we think it should be. And I want you to, if you missed the message, please go back and and watch it. Even if you did, go back and check that out because there's been a couple of times I immediately thought of three times in my life where I was like, God, this cannot be what you want me to be. And I don't know why I'm here. I don't. And then later, I don't know why I'm still here. Please, something make make a change because I, you know, I'm I'm trying every outlet possible, and it just isn't working. So don't miss that part. Ken really nailed that one, and I thought that part of the message with those couple of points just really drove home a lot of things for us to consider as we go to Christmas. And we had one Q and A that did not get asked. It's and it was from an anonymous. Said, what is it about God's presence or radiance, Ken, as you mentioned, that makes it so terrifying to us? As we think about this story, I think it's because God is so different from us. Ooh, yeah. And and when I say different, I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean it in the best kind of way. Best way, okay. But you know, we talked about the Love Is series. Yeah. If you think of a being that actually does all those things, <laughs> and does them with perfection, and, and does them with perfection all at the same time, <laughs> and think about the radiance of the sun that 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 just just think about that. I just think it's, I mean, we see it over and over in the Bible. Anytime a, a human being encounters God or an angel, their radiance, the, the perfection of who they are, the, the, the brilliance of them is terrifying. And I think that's, I think in some ways because it's so the opposite of what we are, the Bible says that there is no darkness in God. There's a lot of darkness in, in our me. world, yeah. And, and, and so, <laughs> Can, did when you I just say in me, yeah, that's what I said. And I oh meant my. it. There is. I no, mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm not trying to. I think that again, I think it's important for us to be real. Pastors have the things in their life that they're going. You know, I, I'm glad that you, as a church, did not know me when I began <laughs> pastoring, and and before that, I mean, I, you know, I am. I just I've had to grow a lot in my life, and 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 the one thing I know is I have a lot a lot further to go. Um, but you know I have a temper. It really in the beginning of my ministry would come out in negative ways, and I you know I had these these tendencies to to do this. And my point is, there's darkness in all of us, and it's stuff that God is working on. There's the stuff that I'm I feel comfortable enough to share with you and there's the stuff that I don't feel like, comfortable yeah, enough yeah. to share with you because because it's it's painful to admit that you have these faults but we all have them and if we all have our eyes on Jesus what we can be assured of is Jesus says if I'm lifted up I'll draw everyone to me and what that means is he's going to draw us in his time and his way towards him, towards the character that he wants for each one of us, and and then 
He will take care of it in his time, in his way, and it's not something that I have to spend a lot of time freaking out about. It's something that I work on. I go and ask God to show me what needs to be changed. I I, I do the best that I can yeah. to make the to work in concert with him on those changes. But I've had enough problems in my life that I've prayed over for years and years and wanted to get rid of, and God never God didn't choose to do it. Mm-hmm. That I've learned to just have to rely on him that when it's time, if I've turned it over to him, he'll take it when he's ready. When he's ready. Well, I resonate with that because a lot of people, (laughs) if I meet up with someone on social media for the first time in maybe who knows how long, and the first thing is, wow, you're still alive? Two is, you're a Christian? (laughs) And then like, and third, if they know me from a church setting, you're an Adventist? Like like all those three things are just so those are incomprehensible, huh? <laughs> like like the person that I was, there's no way that that equates to the person I am now. And of course, just like you said, there's lots of things that I've given God that I'm still waiting on, and that. Uh, but working again as you can, and learning to kind of find that rhythm that you don't just berate yourself every time things don't work as you should. And well, I've been praying about this. How come it's not gone? And you know, perpetuating that cycle of just giving it to, but. Instead, giving it to God, I, I think that's uh, that's great, and that helps others to see. Oh, maybe there's something to this because if Randy's still alive, he's still a Christian, <laughs> and he's still an Adventist, then something had to happen uh, because that does not compute. But one of our whole life reflections asked: Do you believe God makes life better or more joyful? And if so, how do you share that good news with those around you? And to be honest, I think what we just talked about, just being. Uh, transparent in how we live our lives and being honest with the things that we can, like Ken said, that we can share or we feel comfortable sharing, kind of keeping the rest to ourselves, but just working in concert with God, people notice. And I think that it's the easiest way to not also find judgment because when we open our mouth, we say, well, you're welcome in spite of, or, you know, just a total (laughs) guffaw in my speak, which again, I didn't believe that, but because I want everyone to just yeah. walk in the door however. But we say things yeah. sometimes and that even if it's unintentional, it can get in the way. Sure. So letting just ourselves be the best that we can be and people noticing, I think that's maybe the best thing that we can do to, <laughs> to sure. help that out. So if you can think of something else, let us know by voicemail or text 407-965-1607 or email podcast at wholelife.church. And Denise asked me this week, she said, well, I was going to ask something, but I didn't want anyone to know it was from me. She's like, is that number truly – this was at the picnic. Is that number truly anonymous? I said, it is. I said, the person that we read the text message from last week, I said, I have no idea who it is. I know what the number is, but I don't know who it is. And so, you know, if you need to ask a question. So when we get a weird question next week. (laughs) Denise, we found you out. (laughs) We didn't check it out, Denise. We're just doing the process of elimination. We have one question. That's it. But for everyone, no – and that's the whole intention of that number is so that if you need to ask a question, we would love to yeah. ask and, and have you ask and, and give us the, a chance to answer in the best way we can. So our final thoughts are from the closing of Kent's message. He said, our joy is found in the fact that a Savior has been born. Yes, the anointed one who is our leader, our master. He's been born in Bethlehem, the city of David. He's been born. He's lived. He sacrificed himself for us. And today he's in heaven with the Father, feeling love and giving love to us. So let's share that gospel, that good news with the world that God doesn't have to be feared. He is for everyone as he reigns as our deliverer, high priest, and master. Period.
All right. Next week, we stay with Simply Christmas and Simple Gifts. Are we? Are is this like a white elephant that we're doing here in the studio, or is this for everybody? What's going on? No, this you're the you're the leader, so you're gifting Jeff and I. This Am is I? We're, we're, we can't wait to see can't what you got for us. <laughs> we're looking forward wait. to it. We're going to put to test the uh, the theory that it is better to give than, than receive, receive, and we're going to make sure that you have the better, better experience. Oh, that's what we man, want because we care about cool. you. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I. <laughs> You know, I like the uh, I like this idea of simply. I mean, I think we broke down, you know, today, and and you broke down in your message. Obviously, one verse that just tried to keep it as simple as possible, and it really did. And even though we we talked through a few things uh, today to kind of challenge that a little bit, I think I'm leaving today thinking and feeling like I hope whoever's listening really does feel like God is for them. Period. Yep. And that whole life. No matter where else you may have been at whole life, we do the best that we can to make sure you feel that way too. And there's been so many new people at the church over the last couple of months, and it's been wonderful to get to know them, to have people come up and say, Matthew, if you're listening, uh, I only know your first name. I met you walking on the sidewalk, and then when Ken uh, at the picnic uh, said, hey, great job with the podcast. I don't know who Matthew <laughs> is, but that that was nice that someone's listening. I want and you to know Matthew job. is awesome. So you need to get to know Matthew. I, next time awesome. I see him, I'm, I'll hopefully we can uh, we can connect for a longer period of time because that was sings uh, up front good. every once in a while. Does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. makes me happy. Okay, it's well, great. Matthew, good job singing and so. Okay. I feel like next week I'm going to give the gift. Uh, have we have we revealed what our theme is? For no, last week 20... you said we were waiting for oh, to check with the team. Point. I think that next week oh, we'll next week reveal week? it. Next week Tuesday we'll reveal it first here on the here podcast. On podcast. So All if right. you want to know, and this this I, I'm telling you, if you are a whole lifer, you're going to want to listen to this because you are going to get to deal with this theme. For the entire year of 2022, you are going months? to you're going to hear this word and this idea so many times. So be the first one to know. Be the first right one here on know. the podcast and share that episode so everybody else knows too. There might be a chance even that we'll be able to have the official logo that you can put in your show notes. I like it because we're going to throw that logo on some different merchandise and it's going to be fun. Man, now see Ken's trying to up up my Christmas theme here because by Christmas I'm working on a couple of fun things for us, and I'm also this week I promise I just remembered and I'm still looking for the picture I promised during Q and A, and I just realized that I don't think my mom has it. I think I have it because she <laughs> sent me last year. She brought all of our my old picture books. So I'm pretty sure – check out Wednesday, maybe Thursday on Twitter. And if you don't follow the church on Twitter, which is where we put everything, it's at Whole Life O-R-L. And so make sure that you look us up on Twitter. Every morning when the podcast comes out and usually on Friday nights, we put a few snippets out in case you've missed it to get remind you to listen. And that's where you will find the picture from me and my big bird meatball hat <laughs> because Ken was afraid and I was not. But he's not afraid now. Big Bird's his favorite. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening, and just have a fantastic week. And we'll be back next week with Simple Gifts. Simple Gifts.